Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, one of the joys of being Member of Parliament for Oxford East is there's always something new around the corner. And for me, this room is new. I've never been in here, and what a delight it is. I'm honoured to be here and very pleased as Member of Parliament for Oxford East, on behalf of our community, as well as the Labour Party, to pay tribute to the life and work of Jim Callaghan and to mark the, his papers having their resting place here, which we're very proud of. Now, unlike the other speakers, I didn't know Jim Callaghan personally, though I have to say he was the sort of leader whom you felt you did, even if you didn't, if you know what um, I mean. Back in the late 70s, I was a foot soldier in the fractious and bedraggled Labour Party of the day, working to get Evan Luard re-elected um, here as Oxford's MP. I did meet Jim when he came here for the 1979 general election campaign. The vogue for politicians doing walkabouts had just started, and at the same time, nascent media management already dictated that hostile demonstrations were to be avoided, and there were quite a few of them around at the time, as you may recall. So he was taken on an impromptu and essentially pointless walk around Oxford's Westgate. And I remember that as he entered the centre, the glass doors at the side entrance were cracked in the huge media and security malaise. And there in the middle of this heaving crowd was this very calm figure with a very friendly smile for any members of the public who could get close to him. And that image has always stayed with me. And I think that with Jim Callaghan, you could feel the natural humanity, dignity, and avuncular toughness which made him what he was. As we've heard, he had that authenticity which is a product not of thinking theoretically, but of living the reality, having come up the hard way, his character shaped by trade unionism, the poverty he'd known in his youth, nonconformist Baptist values, and the Royal Navy. Indeed, if you think about it, there can't be anybody else who combines the values of nonconformist baptism, trade unionism, and the Royal Navy. It's a pretty unique mix for a unique man. His whole demeanour spoke of his solid understanding of the everyday hopes and fears which shape people's lives. His politics was moderate labour at its best. As we've heard, a product of the labour movement at its best, it's no surprise that I heard that when labour was recast as new labour, his retort was that he was original labour. And it's a huge testament to his character and his formidable political skills that he is the only politician to have held all the great offices of state as well as being prime minister. And I know from talking with ministers and MPs from his time as PM that he commanded enormous respect 
and loyalty and high regard from those who worked with him. Now, here in Oxford, he is, of course, especially remembered for his Ruskin speech, where he invaded the education secret garden to commend standards and opportunity for all as something for which, in Tawney's words, the wise state should strive for all our children. And I think that was particularly resonant coming from someone who was self-educated with the help of WEA classes and Lasky's lectures. And it is one of those speeches, and there aren't very many of them, which reverberate down the decades with lasting relevance. And it is still relevant today. As Prime Minister, he grappled with impossibly difficult economic and industrial circumstances. And it is a real tribute to him that he retained such considerable personal public support even whilst Labour was losing the 1979 general election. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, and it's important we learn from it, but if Labour had pulled together behind him more effectively, we might have been spared the excesses of Thatcherism. Thank you.